بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله صل على سيدنا محمد الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد In these blessed Mubarak days of the Hajj we increase our ibadah and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not just because of the Hajj but because of the blessed days the Hajj is for the Haji and it is geography specific the Hajj is for the one who goes to Mecca, Mina, Arafat, Muzdalafah. That doesn't have a bearing on those who don't go for Hajj. We're not in Hajj. So we can't say that we are recipients of the benefits of Hajj and we're not there you must understand this issue in a very logical way so that you don't remain confused or become confused that somehow Eid al-Adha is tied to Hajj. That's the confusion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wal-Fajr walayalin ashr by the night and by the ten days. So these ten days are for every Muslim in the world whether they go for Hajj or they don't go for Hajj the blessings, the fadila, the barakah for these ten days is universal <coughs> the Prophet when he came into Medina he saw that the Ansar were celebrating the customs of celebration of the Persians the Farsi so the Persians had their day of celebration and the Ansar was celebrating the same days so the Prophet said Allah subhanahu has now replaced those days of celebration with two sets of days for your celebration as a Muslim Ummah and they are the days of the two Eids. So the two Eids are a universal celebration for all Muslims. And the irony is that the Haji has no Eid. You all know that, right? The Haji has no Eid. Who celebrates Eid? every other Muslim 
except the Haji. There is any confusion left? That this Eid has nothing to do with the Hajj. The Prophet ﷺ celebrated Eid al-Adha in Medina years before Hajj was made fard. Several years. The Prophet ﷺ encouraged the Sahaba and almost mandated the Sahaba to perform Qurbani and Adhiyah even before Hajj was made fard. You understand what I'm saying? <coughs> so this is now historically a fact. It's not a myth. It's a historical fact that you cannot deny. As a Muslim, no Muslim historian has ever said that Eid al-Adha was mandated after the Hajj was mandated. It didn't happen that way. Likewise, no Muslim historians have said that the Qurbani and the Adhiyah was made an obligation after Hajj. And it's sensible also that, alhamdulillah, every Muslim in the world celebrates Eid al-Adha except the Haji. And every Muslim does Adhiyah, including the Haji. For the Haji is part of his ritual and the Manasik, and for the non Haji is part of his civilizational value as a Muslim. So we must appreciate this, first of all, historical fact, and number two, the legal fact is legal. That although we're not in Mecca, Mina, Muzalafa, Arafat, we still do Qurbani. And because we're not in Arafah and Mina, we do Eid. We celebrate Eid. This is how we must process this issue of Eid al-Adha. And that's the only way you can do it. The issue whether the moon sighting is good, that's now not even in the picture. This is the picture. So in Eid al-Adha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants all Muslims throughout the world to celebrate the Qurbani Adhiyah of Ibrahim alayhi salam. That is the philosophy behind it. That as an Ummah, as a civilization, what do we do? We celebrate and honor the sacrifice of Ibrahim of his son Ismail and we do that everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the world. Even here, inshallah, may Allah accept and give us tawfiq to do qurbani. And when we do Qurbani, we are receiving the blessings of these ten days which the Qur'an swears by. The Qur'an takes an oath by these ten days. 
Wal-Fajr, Wal-Layalin Ash, by, I swear, Allah is saying, I swear, by the ten days that are blessed, and they're blessed for every human being, not just the Haji. So in these ten days, the Prophet said, in Medina, and the Prophet did not go for Hajj until the ninth year. He would increase his ibadah outside of Hajj before he went for Hajj in these ten days because these ten days are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is virtue there, there is merit there, there is honor there. And when he fasted on the day of Arafah, he fasted when he was not in Arafah. He fasted in Medina, although it's called the day of Arafah. So we see that uh, the understanding of Islam must be accurate. And before we roll over with emotions and throw tangents throughout the world, assuming this is Islamic, we must get our facts right. You cannot make an assumption based on false ideas, lack of a better word, fake news. The issue that Hajj and Eid al-Adha are combined is fake, is not real. The Sahaba didn't say so, the Prophet definitely didn't say so, and the Muslim Ummah in general has never said so. Because it could be that an Eid of Adha may be one or two days after the Eid that takes place here in the West. That is how we see the role of Islam as being universal, not local. So Hajj is local. It is for the person who is there in the locality of Hajj. Eid is for every Muslim. Qurbani is for every Muslim. And for that, you must appreciate that this is the beauty of Islam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted every Muslim to benefit from Eid and to benefit from Qurbani. Because that they can do wherever they are independent of the Hajj and in these days we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we inshallah gather his mercy and we take advantage of these 10 days and in these 10 days we are asked to increase our dhikr and our ibadah and everything else so that we are in sync with Allah's fadl that comes from the divine from the heavens from beyond the arsh so that we are at the end of the year ready to begin the beginning of the year just as we start the year with Ashura in Muharram we fast although it's nothing but it's a civilizational value Although it's nafil and it's optional, it's still an Islamic value that you fast on Ashura with one day before or one day after, with it. This is how we phrase that. So we, we also have to appreciate that what the Prophet did as nafil becomes a civilizational value. Sometimes you have to leave the fiqh aside. 
and observe what the Prophet observed because he is our leader. He is our founding father. He is the one whom we follow and copy and mimic. So just as at the beginning of the year in Muharram, we begin the year with fasting. Likewise, at the end of the year, we end the year with fasting on Yawm Arafah, the ninth of the Hajj. So now you're in sync with the universal understanding that man has been created for the ibad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this the Prophet engendered, he inculcated in the minds and the psyche of the Sahaba. The Sahaba realized that this is what Allah wants us to do, this is what we'll do. So after Ramadan with Ramadan, you had the ability to sacrifice your food and drink and everything else. You sleep for the sake of Allah throughout the month. And now in these 10 days you sacrifice. And at the end of the 10 days on the 10th and the 11th and the 12th, you sacrifice. You sacrifice a goat or sheep or cow or camel in the name of Allah to mimic the sacrifice of Ibrahim where Ibrahim is seen as the patriarch of Tawheed the founding father of Tawheed and monotheism Ibrahim where he saw at the end of his life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl come into him the fruit of his life is Ismail and Allah gave him a child at the end of his life he waited and he waited and he waited at the end of his life Allah said okay I'll give you some fruit here's your fruit our children are fruits they're not supposed to be burdens <coughs> you must see them as fruits but then we have to preserve them as fruits also not let them decay and wither away and rot Oh, that's a topic for a different day so Allah subhanAllah gave Ibrahim al-Islam a fruit called Ismail al-Islam at the end of his life and then he said I want you to get rid of this fruit I want you to kill him which is the height of testing وَإِذِ ابْتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim with so many tests and so many words and so many codes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ He completed all of them So first of all you receive a child at your, in, your, in your old age and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes him Raise him. This now the child is born now, you sacrifice him, okay. Maybe that, that might be an angle. But Allah says, no. Uh, get to love him a bit more. Get to know him. Familiarize yourself with his smile. <coughs> Make sure he's part of you, part of your life. Make sure that he is raised properly. And after you've raised him to understand and appreciate work and effort. When he reached the age of effort. Sa'i means effort. 
So Ismail was now someone who understood responsibility and effort in life. So he was mature. So at this age he became mature and Allah now says, Now this mature child whom I gave to you as a fruit at the end of your life, I want you to sacrifice him. So Ibrahim did so. He didn't ask any questions. He asked Ismail what he thought, but that was it. So we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our understanding of Tawheed and that Allah is the one who is the one who owns us and as he owns us he has the prerogative to ask us to do whatever he wants us to do that's Tawheed Allah owns everything so as he owns Ismail and he owns Ibrahim he's saying to Ibrahim I want you to relinquish your ownership of Ismail because he doesn't belong to you anyway, he belongs to me so give him to me so Ibrahim says okay, easier said than done right? Yeah. we sacrifice in principle everything for our children in principle right? we don't go there in principle, we sacrifice for our children. We work for our children. Yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his follow tested Ibrahim to see how much commitment he had for the divine. And when Ibrahim showed him he had this level of commitment that he was willing to sacrifice the fruit of his life that Allah gave him, Allah replaced Ismail with a ram, an animal from Jannah and said, now you may sacrifice this animal, we didn't want you to do anything, we wanted to see how far you were willing to go, and Ibrahim was willing to go all the way, the whole nine yards and Allah replaced him. And uh, that became the Sunnah of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam. So the Sahaba, when they asked the Prophet sallallahu alaihi ya Rasulullah, what are these sacrifices and these animals that we slaughter, ya Rasulullah? He says, Sunnah to Abikum, Ibrahim. It is the Sunnah of your father, Ibrahim. So wherever Muslims go in the world, they sacrifice an animal in honor of the sacrifice of Ibrahim, of his son Ismail, to show that they are committed to the word of Allah. That's the spirit. And you don't ask questions. Such questions like, what about the meat and all that? Well, you can eat the meat. What about the meat? You eat it. That's what it's there for. Right, you distribute it. And if you can't distribute it, you eat it. That's the benefit of the meat. So there, we don't go into any calculations of this and that. So it's better to, to now give sadaqah and money to other people so that they can buy food. We say that is not about the money and the sadaqah and the charity. You can do that 360 days of the year. You can't replace sacrifice with sadaqan donation and charity to the poor. That's not what Allah wants. Allah wants you to copy the sacrifice of Ibrahim. Hence it became a sunnah. The word sunnah in this hadith. Very intriguing. So the Prophet said to the Sahaba, this is in memory 
and in copying your father Ibrahim so they didn't ask questions as to why you now sacrifice animals so you have no animal rights people saying Muslims sacrifice animals right and you have Muslims saying what is the benefit of sacrificing animal we don't need the meat here other people need the meat you can do the Qurbani wherever you want but that's not the point the point is you cannot replace an ibadah with another ibadah based on your whim Islam is not about what you think Islam is about how you copy the Prophet that's what Islam is how you are committed to the word of Allah and how you follow the Prophet this is what Islam is Islam does not allow you to interject your so-called warped logic your myopic logic your misunderstood reasoning of how things work in Islam that's not what Islam is based on Islam is based on pure and simple how you follow the Prophet that's a sacrifice it's a sacrifice of the so-called mind if you feel that you're intelligent and you're an intellectual then sacrifice your intelligence and do the Qurbani Allah will reward you for every hair of the animal the Prophet said every drop of blood Allah will reward you so the point is reward Allah wants you to receive reward for what you do He doesn't want you to receive intelligence for what you do This is the point of sacrifice for the sake of Allah That we do this in memory of the one who was willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of Allah And He is our role model and that is universal That is universal that in this universal message of sacrifice throughout the world Muslims say that we are ready to do whatever Allah wants us to do while following the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all Ameen Ya Rabbal Alameen